it up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going Devin Smith. Got it at the 5 and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes. Oh, and Graham for the touchdown. Kraft shoots it high on the right for three. This is the Buckeye Show. Yes, it is. Happy Friday to all you fine Buckeye fans out there. I am Timmy Hall. Just rocking solo here tonight on a nice little football Friday. We're going into one of these rare weekends in December where college football takes a little bit of a back tick while we prepare ourselves for a lot of meaningless bowl games. But some people, you know, just like to have fun watching random bowl games with weird sponsor tags associated to them. I mean, we got a Pop-Tarts bowl down there where I'm sure it's a hell of a gift package. I'm sure you get like... The brown cinnamon sugar, the cherry frosting, the s'mores, Pop-Tarts, all the good ones. Couldn't even tell you off the top of my head who's in that game, but it's in Orlando, Florida, and you get Pop-Tarts, so that's really good. I I tell you what, the one thing that I will go to, and and we'll have a good show here, we're going to hear from Buckeye basketball coach Chris Holtman as that team prepares for another Big Ten game. This time, it's on the road tomorrow against Penn State. So very important, very good opportunity for the Buckeyes to get to 2-0 in Big Ten play and keep some momentum going as they try to finish out 2023. We'll also hear from Marvin Harrison Jr. He spent some time with the media yesterday, and I don't know about you guys, I... I want to soak it up while he's still a Buckeye because I think we understand he probably already did play his last football game, but he's still an Ohio State Buckeye. He's wearing all the gear. He's representing the school. He's representing the team, and he'll always represent the school and represent the team. He's that kind of guy, but he had a lot of good things to say yesterday, so we'll throw some of that at you as well. And I want to say hello to all our, our friends and our fine listeners that are on their way out to check out some Buckeye hockey tonight. Team's not doing great right now, but there's no time like the present to start digging in and see if they can get some of those younger guys up to speed and some of the transfers in more acclimated. You're playing the Gophers. The Gophers. You kidding me? I mean, we actually had tickets. We were hooking you guys up for tickets for this Minnesota game. Uh, Yeah, I said it that way on purpose. Minnesota. So have fun if you're going out there. It's country night. Yes. So wear your cowboy hat. If you don't have one, Find one. Where? I don't know. Caleb, it's good to see you, buddy. And I don't know how much, how into it, how into this you are, but I'm driving around today. I saw a couple things on on social media that alerted me, that reminded me what was tomorrow. We don't want to skip it because it is a big deal. It's the Army-Navy game is tomorrow. And it gets lost in the fold for so many. And I understand why. I actually tuned into a a show for a few minutes today also that was doing their program live from they have a radio row for the army navy game and it was cool it was cool it seemed like a lot of you know big guests were there and not just paying attention to it but really treating it like the like the big game and piece of americana that it is because college football a lot of people have told me as and a lot of people have reminded me that are you know, twice my age and what the sport means to them at different levels. And I just think it's important to step back and realize that while we're changing, while it's rapidly changing, and for a lot of people, they don't like those changes. And I understand the tradition and the rich history that's been involved with college football. And so the Army-Navy game really makes me think about that. And you're not going to come across a day 
that's just more, I guess, purity is the thing that the Army-Navy game has. It's, it's pure. It's guys that, you know, maybe one guy on both rosters might have some kind of NFL potential, might have a future. We've seen it before. Right. We got the, uh, you know, the lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, went on and did that. But, you know, for the most part, these are guys that are playing it for the love of the game. They're going to go and serve the country for at least a four-year period afterwards. And I did, I I was lucky enough to go to the game you when I was before? young, man. I did, yeah. And it's an interesting story because I had a bit of a falling out with the kid on the street. I went with him and his family because that was my connection. He, I think all of us have some military background, right? But whether it's in your immediate household, right. it's different, right? Oh, yeah. His his dad was in the service, so it was different. I've got an aunt, you know, bless her heart, served in the Navy for 30 years, but mom and dad didn't. So we were a civilian house. <laughs> Down the street there, they were they were all in on the Navy, right? And I was a Navy guy, too, because of my aunt. So if you were cheering for one of the teams, you know, go Navy, beat Army, go Army, beat Navy, whichever side you're on. It's a lot like what we got going on with Ohio State, Michigan. It's that level of a football rivalry. It's just kind of gone down a little bit because of the the level of those teams. I mean, they were producing Heisman Trophy winners way back when. And then it turned out to be more of just a smaller level of college football. But with the fanfare and what has still maintained for at least that one game has always been special and it's always been cool. But yeah, I went in the I went to the 2000 Army Navy game. It was at the Baltimore Ravens Stadium. Okay. Couldn't tell you what the hell it was called back then. PSI Net, some bank or whatever, but I had had just a really rough relationship, just just teenage stuff. Teenage stuff, oh, right? Yeah. Maybe something to do with a girl at school or just Hey, it happens. It you happens. know, maybe maybe, you know, five too many put-downs that kind of got <laughs> under my skin the wrong kind of way and you know, he beat me too many times at ping pong because he had the ping pong table. My buddy Robbie, he had the ping pong table over there as well. And maybe just the younger version of me and the common man playing ping pong and too many jokes being taken the wrong way. And then the relationship kind of fizzled. But before that did, before it did, we we went to this game together. I went with his mom and it was it was unbelievable. Some, you know, 16 years old at the time and checking it out. And it was a it was an O and nine. Sorry, an O and ten army team and a one and nine navy team and the winless army knights won the game that was it the winless team won the game so it's pretty pretty fascinating so i i'm thinking about that and the way college football is and the way it's going to be going these next several years and that's if it's if you're a traditionalist i would urge you to watch that game i would urge you to, to take in army navy and just appreciate the things and the guys that are playing the sport because where we are it is it's taking off. It is going towards professional professionalization and and for me it has to. It's got to go this way. And the other the other thing that I that I was saying I would get to a little bit on this show and make this this comparison because I was firing off a bunch of tweets on how upset I am about the game of golf right now. And you've got college football on one hand, if I can take a second and, and take a look at golf on the other hand, where you guys are seeing what's happening with the, the, the PIF fund, the PIF. I think the F stands for fund, so I'm redundant right there. But the, the Saudi Arabian fund that's forking up the money for all this and John Rahm going over, and that was a big body blow. But my problem with golf, one is it's a niche sport. Football is 
in our blood. It's in our culture, certainly here in Columbus with the Buckeyes, in Ohio in general, whether it's the Browns, the Bengals, and the Buckeyes on all levels, high school football. Football is in our blood as Americans. That's It cuts to the core. Golf, I love it. I mean, you, you guys know me. It's my favorite game. I I'll have more time to play it now because I'm pissed off at what's going on at the professional level. But I'm upset at golf because they've not just sold out. I get how you're going to lose this battle with the PIF, but the product that they're pushing us to is this embarrassing rendition, this terrible joke of a game. And so when you ask me and when you say that it's upsetting for golf fans like it's upsetting for college football fans, I think it's I think the difference is or the differences are clear. There's a couple of big ones. One that I already gave you and how big of a deal football is in general. And the second part is, is how at this amateur level with these collegiate athletes, you cannot look somebody in the eye and with a straight face say that it has long since gotten out of hand with the fairness to go a little Jay Billis on you. He is, he has carried this torch for a long, long time about speaking up for the inequalities with what student athletes are or not allowed to say and stick up for themselves for with their own rights as athletes who are helping their universities and their athletic departments earn millions of dollars. That's the thing you're talking about with golf. These guys are already pros. They've already made a ton of money. Yeah, they can tweak some things and get better in certain areas, but these are guys that are beyond millionaires at the highest level. Tiger Woods came walking through that door in 1997, all right? And the windfall of cash was there, and everybody benefited from it. I don't know how many years we got to go back to find the first college football coach. I don't know how much Woody Hayes would have been making per year when he was done here, but we can remember what Urban's salaries were and Trestle before that. We're talking about coaches that became millionaires coaching college football when players weren't making a dime. And we stood on scholarship value for such a long time. But when when my sister, she's the smart one in the family, when she can go to UVA, a great school, and not just get a scholarship, but work in the biology department and make a $25,000 stipend a year? You can't tell me that football players, men's basketball players, and I don't want to get into the discussion about value and who deserves what, but there's value there. There's lots of value there because you've got the games on the field or the court, and then that turns into a sellable product, and then you're making tons of money, and then your conference on top of what you are just as a department you're making millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars every single year. Could get close to $100 million at some point with the new TV contracts per year. So I'm sorry, the scholarship isn't enough. The ability to earn name, image, and likeness, if we're being fair, that probably isn't enough. And it's why it's going to go to another level beyond this. But we are in a fascinating time where we're coming to blows with it. We've done it this way for a long time. It's really been a professional sport, though no one has had the ability to just say it's a professional sport. But now we're here, and now we have to deal with it as best we can. And we've got the transfer portal, and we've got NIL. We've got maybe you know a little bit more roster, a lot more roster management that has to take place, certainly in, in basketball, where you don't have the three-year period before going pro. It's just all that. It's all that. 
But I thought that was interesting today to kind of like think about what golf is doing, what football is doing, how it's not quite the same. There are some similarities, but key differences. Building off that discussion, there was a wild comparison I saw thrown out there today that could weigh heavy on one Buckeye's decision about his future. That's next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. Buckeyes, Jackets, Crew, and Panama Ted yelling about something being too hot. I don't understand it either. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Join us for gambling things, fantasy sports, gambling things, and most importantly, gambling things. Hollywood Casinos on the Money, Sunday morning at 9. Presented by Ohio for Responsible Gambling. The Fan. Brutus is their homeboy. This is the Buckeye Show. Hope everybody's having a good start to the weekend here. I'm Timmy Hall. We got my man Caleb back there. I love this last night, too. I throw out one little tweet about eating a Caniac combo, and everybody just goes freaking nuts. Everyone just goes totally nuts, and we're talking about what our order is. I think maybe it needs to be a segment because we're eating. We're doing this show around dinner time, and usually me and Tyvis or Ryan, it was great to do the show with Mr. Menthol. He smells so good last <laughs> night. Whether it's you, Caleb, we usually, you know, in the summertime where we're rocking, you know, two hours every night, we're off at eight and we're starving. We need a, we need like a hungry dogs segment at the end of the show. What are we about to crush? That's it. It's some people want to hear that. I feel like more times than not, it's going to be that Caniac combo, though. Oh, man. It's I mean, a lot of food. Wait, so what What kind of... So what's your Cane's order, then, Timmy? Let me ask so you. So it, it was the Caniac, and it was no slaw, extra toast, B.O.B. Okay, of course. Butter on both sides, extra extra crispy fries with a Dr. Pepper, please, and thank you. Ooh, a Dr. Pepper, a man yeah. of taste, a man <laughs> of taste. That's, that's right. That's right. I know what I'm doing. I've been <laughs> on this earth for a few years. I've I know how to operate when it comes to... Placing these orders here. And I also, I don't understand why it takes people longer than 30 seconds to bark these orders out. Oh, no. I mean, I, I, I have it down it. every time I'm in there. Look, box combo, no slaw, extra toast, extra cane sauce. I mean, it takes you 10 seconds. Get right? up there and get out. All right? Get up there and get out. But my goodness. Yeah, it was just nonstop conversation. And, uh, and shaming people like Spencer Holbrook of Letterman Row who opts to keep the slaw. Oh, what a terrible... I'm, he's a slaw no, man. No disrespect to Spencer if he's out there listening. I gotta, that, res- I gotta respect it. I gotta respect it because in its, in its right place, coleslaw is good. I mean, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna diss coleslaw. If we're talking about a barbecue type of palate, I need... I need a good fresh coleslaw in the mix right there. That, that's where I, yeah. I differ from you, but... That's all right. their own. Tweets their that's own. That's all right. What are we about to crush tonight? Does anyone want to talk about how I'm gonna have my wife's Korean beef recipe? We'll eat at home. We do a little ramen noodle with a broth. We make some white rice because Jack, Bengal Jack, likes that a little bit better than the ramen. And then we do the chestnut, the water chestnuts, the baby corn, and a little fresh zucchini. So we, and a little red pepper, maybe an orange pepper if we got it chopped up there. So we got a little bit of everything and a delicious Korean beef. And it's that, it's the ground beef done up with a soy sauce and a, a couple other sauces too that she's got the recipe, not me, but it's fantastic. It's very, very good. I mean, it sounds amazing. Yeah. I, it sounds a lot better than probably what I'll be eating tonight. I'll give you, I'll give you this uh, story that I teased back there in our hashtag segments, uh, our hashtag Buckeye segment, which I'll close with in just a couple of minutes here because I, I saw that on social media. It is pertaining to uh, football. Let's let's hit some basketball and hear from the Holt man. Let's let's hear from Chris Holtman as the guys are getting ready to go to Penn State. 
and he'll tell you what it's like getting ready for the Nittany Lions. This was coming off their last win, which was a good 20-point midweek win over an Ohio Mac school, a game that actually did get chippy. I was pleased to see it. Some double T's. You just like that, to see how the team's going to respond, how they're going to handle it. And they didn't let a lead slip away. They beat the Red Hawks by 20 points, which is what you got to do when you're sandwiched in between Big Ten games, and now you go on the road. Here's Chris. That's always a very difficult place to play. Um, I think they have a, a, you know, a really good team that is you know, full of transfers from BCU. The player of the year uh, came over. Um, you know, our focus really was on this one, so I haven't watched him uh, a lot, but we're going to dive into him tonight and tomorrow. And, um, uh, you know, I think it's just it's, it's one of these road contests. I, You know, I'm anxious to see how our guys play in a real true road environment, which we haven't done since, you know, Dayton, and that wasn't really a true road environment because it was an exhibition game. So I'm anxious to see how our guys uh, go and play there. Uh, we know that Penn State will be ready, and uh, we need to be ready. I agree with everything the Holt man said. It's Dayton was a road game. It didn't count, but I mean, shoot, that was a full arena, and you've won away from home now. And that game against Alabama at the Emerald Coast Classic, that was a heavy Alabama crowd in an intimate environment, too. A smaller gym that got louder with more fans right on top of you. So I think they're ready for the experience here. And I don't imagine it's going to be too revved up of a Penn State crowd. I think this one will be more about the basketball. But that, too, you just don't know. That, too. It's still early. You've got to play your game. You've got some guys on this roster that still need to grow. So that will be a thing as well. I don't want to get out of here before hearing from my man Marvin Harrison Jr., who is so grateful for being a Heisman finalist tomorrow in New York. He's going to be there with Jaden Daniels and the two QBs from out west, Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. Here was Marvin. It's definitely a blessing to be able to, like I said before, especially as a receiver, to be in the conversation for the Heisman Award. And no, obviously I couldn't do it without my teammates, my coaches, for allowing me to be in positions to succeed on Saturday. So I'm glad I could be a representative of Ohio State before the award. Yeah, uh, he's he said so many complimentary things, and I don't know if I've ever, we've talked about this a ton, but again, when someone's so talented and such a good dude off the field, it's easy to keep talking and talking and talking about him because he just gets it and he doesn't want to take all of the credit that is due. It's a lot of it, a lot of the success of this team and this offense has been due to Marvin Harrison Jr., Kyle McCord having the numbers that he's got, which are just okay, are all because of what Marvin Harrison Jr. can do, stretching the field and just being an absolute menace as a wide receiver. It's been a, a pleasure, a pleasure to watch him. Now, uh, to some some hashtag Buckeyes as we close out here for a nice week. Social media can be a cesspool. Allow us to navigate the waters. Hashtag Buckeyes. Sponsored by Green and Sons. Visit Green and Sons online at greenandsons.com. This one was from a little uh, handle called College Football Overtime. And a graphic that just really makes you stop and think about where we are. Ohio State running back Travion Henderson made more this season at OSU through NIL than Rams starting running back Kyron Williams on his NFL contract. And that's not a shocker because there's a ton of guys that are still early in their career in the league if they were late-round picks or undrafted that aren't going to be making a mil per year just like that. He was at 771000 valuation. I think that comes from the on-three deals. 
and uh, the ones who gauge it, and then Kyron Williams, 760000 So he's a guy more so than Marvin that might have to stop and think about it. But guys, it's been a great week. Check out the Buckeye Show podcast anywhere you get your audio. That's how you catch up. We've got Jackets Hockey coming up next on The Fan. The Buckeye Show is sponsored by CareSource. Proud to be your home for Ohio State Athletics. The Fan, Ohio sports destination.